0: You're listening to a local church podcast hosted by my dad, Pastor Ryan Marcus. Be sure to leave a review and share this resource. Love God, love people, make disciples. Welcome back to a local. Church Podcast. I'm Pastor Ryan. I am solo today. We're keeping the podcast going. Pray for Ryan. He's a little bit under the weather. We're going to keep moving on. I want to look at Acts chapter 1 verse 8, and I also want to look at concise theology, topic 11, transcendence. So first, let's look at Acts 1.8. Now, you might be familiar with this passage. Jesus has just been raised from the dead. He's met his disciples, and he's given them the great commission in Matthew 28 and now in Acts 1 8 he says this you will receive power when the Holy Spirit come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth Acts 1 8 huge pivotal verse in the book of Acts it helps you understand the rest of the book it sets the stage for the early church, the, the journey of the early church, if you will. In this verse, Jesus gives a powerful message to his disciples just before he ascends into the sky, and he promises the Holy Spirit. And he actually commissions them again to be witnesses in the power of the Holy Spirit to the ends of the earth, very similar to Matthew 28, 18-20, through 20, the Great Commission. This verse, Acts 1-8, carries profound implications for us today as we believers seek to live out our faith and share the gospel. So we're going to explore Acts 1-8 just a little bit. I'm going to ask you some questions. I'm going to kind of unpack them a little bit, but I really want this podcast to be just you thinking about your life, how you live out your faith in light of Acts 1 verse 8. I'm going to read it one more time, and then we're going to jump into some questions. Acts 1.8, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So question number one, what is the source of the disciples' power in this verse? Jesus says, hey, you need to be witnesses. You're going to be witnesses. You will be witnesses in Jerusalem. That's their hub. Jesus wanted them to start in Jerusalem then worked their way out in all Judea, and then worked their way out some more to all Samaria, and then ultimately work their way to the ends of the earth. So they were starting in Jerusalem, and they were moving outward. You can kind of look at this as like a target on a board, and you see the bullseye, Jerusalem, the next line, Judea, the next line, Samaria, and then the next you know, uh, concurrent lines, the ends of the earth. So what is the source of their power? Well, it's the Holy Spirit. Jesus says... You will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Now, we get a little icky and weird when we start talking about the Holy Spirit. Like, is this, what are we talking about here? God is all-powerful, all-consuming, all, you know, creative. He is God. In three persons, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. It's the Trinity. We don't see the word Trinity in the Bible, but we can see God the Father, we see God the Son, and we see God the Holy Spirit in Scripture. Each one is a distinct person, yet all make up God. And so the power of the disciples comes from the Holy Spirit, which is who is God. So the application is reflect on your own life. And for me, this kind of hits home a little bit because the question I want to follow up with is, Have you ever tried to live out your faith or even share the gospel in your own strength? Like, I've just got to study enough and I'll have enough, you know, background knowledge to know or how to answer someone, right? Or I've just got to do this, 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 and this, and then I can live out my faith in my own strength, almost in my own terms, right? How does that work out? Eventually, we burn out. Eventually, we run out of answers. Eventually, we run out of just the ability to live the life that God has called us to live. Think about just the Ten Commandments. We break those on a consistent basis. And yet God says to anyone who wants to be his, be holy, for I am holy. Well, how do we be holy? Live according to God's design. Live according to God's standard. Live according to God's law. The problem with that is we can't. We fail. We break the law each and every day. Well, I don't murder, right? I don't commit adultery. Well, Jesus says to both of those, if you look at someone with anger or hate in your heart, it's as if you've already committed murder. If you look at someone with lust, it's already as if you've committed adultery. We break the law every day. We need help. We need a Savior who is perfect in every way. Who hasn't broken the law of God? Well, that's Jesus. And so we place our faith, hope, trust in the person, sinless person of Jesus. We place our faith, hope, and trust in the sacrifice that he went to the cross to pay our sin debt. And we believe that he has died. He's been buried, but he also rose again from the dead. And he's coming back. And Jesus says, you believers, followers, those who follow me receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. So when does the Holy Spirit come upon the early church? Well, we see that in Acts chapter two, the Holy Spirit descends on the disciples as flames, flaming tongues of fire, right? We can't, it's hard to even imagine that, but then they begin to speak in tongues or languages that everyone around them could understand. And then they, Peter breaks out into the gospel. He does us, his first sermon in Acts chapter two, after the Holy Spirit has been received and he Lays it out there, the gospel from start to finish, and many are being saved just by the first sermon. But that's the power of the Holy Spirit. He alone gives us the power to live the life that God has called us to live. Check out Romans chapter 4, 5, and 6. Like the old life of sin and death, it's gone. I have been raised a new life with Christ, and I've been given the Spirit to live the life that he's called me to, to live in newness of life, right? And so the source of the disciples' power is the same source for your power today. If your faith is in Jesus, you have received the same Holy Spirit that the early church did in the book of Acts. What does it mean for us to rely on the power of the Holy Spirit in, in our daily life, right, or in our daily witness, how do we rely on the Holy Spirit? Well, there's a couple things. I'm just off the top of my head. One is as we read scripture, there are sometimes we read scripture we don't understand. But we go to God in prayer. God, help me understand this passage. That's the Holy Spirit. Or when we do something we know is not right, right? When we sin, when we mess up, when we make mistakes, sometimes there's this icky feeling that's called conviction. That's the Holy Spirit. Sometimes we're in conversations that we didn't even know we were gonna be in. And we begin to have the answers that come only from God, the Holy Spirit, right? Uh, So there is a guiding element to the Holy Spirit. There is a understanding that he gives us. There's a strength and power that he gives us. So when we live our life, right, the first thing you should do when you wake up is, God, I need you. Thank you for sending your son, Jesus. Holy Spirit, lead me into the, the conversations and the way that you would have me go. Give me understanding. Give me the words to say. Uh, things of that nature. Number two, what are the disciples called to be witnesses according to Acts 1-8? Where, sorry, what? I said what, where? Where are the disciples called to be witnesses? Well, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Now, we we can kind of look at this as a, uh, a dartboard, right? But also like a sphere of influence. Like, who in your family, right? Who in your friend group? Who in your workplace or your school, who in your state, right? And so start local. Like, is there anyone in your family that doesn't know Jesus? That's, in a sense, your Jerusalem, right? Is there anyone in your friend group or your school or your workplace, your neighborhood that doesn't know Jesus, right? That's your Judea. Is there anyone that you know in the broader context of your county, your state, right? That's your Samaria. And then the ends of the earth is the nation, the And then the world, right? And so start where you can. Use what you have, right? So start where you can. Where do you live? What neighborhood? What school? What workplace do you go to? But use what you have. You have the gospel. You have the good news, right? If you are a believer in Jesus, you understand the good news. Maybe not to the nth degree, but you know that Jesus is enough to save you, right? Jesus is enough to forgive you. You know that what he did, he lived a perfect life. He died on a cross. He rose again. He's coming back. You know those basic elements, right? And so don't try to make it so complicated where I'm never going to have all the answers. I'm never going to have all the theology or the doctrine, you know, to back me up. Well, you need the Holy Spirit and you need to be obedient to the call to share the good news wherever you find yourself. It may be your Jerusalem, your family. It may be your workplace or your school. It may be your community, maybe your state. You may be called to go around the world with the good news of Jesus Christ. So here's another rhetorical question. How are you currently being a witness for Christ? How, right? Do you see the moments or the occasion that God has given you to use to share the good news? In what ways might you expand your witness to reach the ends of the earth? Maybe it's online. Maybe it's social media. You can click on social media now and touch someone in China, touch someone in India, in Africa. You can go to the ends of the earth just on social media these days, right? So question number three. How does Acts 1 8 sound similar with Jesus' great commission in Matthew 8 or Matthew 28, 19 through 20? Remember, Jesus says in Matthew 28, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me, therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and I am with you. To the end of the age, it sounds really similar to Acts one eight. Jesus says, "Hey, you're going to receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, to be witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth." They sound very similar. Jesus's mission is the same for us today. Hey, when you place faith, hope, trust in Jesus, you are a new creation. You receive the Holy Spirit, and you are now commissioned as a follower of Christ to be fishers of others, right? To fishers of men, fishers of your family, your your neighborhood, your school, your workplace. Like the Christian faith is a going faith. It's a moving faith, right? I am moved beyond my old self and I moved to the place where Jesus has called me to do whatever I can to use whatever I have to 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 be salt and light to share the good news to the ends of the earth. I want this to be an encouragement to you. Like the Christian faith isn't like, hey, know Jesus and then just hang out in a church building somewhere and just be like, man, this is it. This is the life. That is not the life. That's a, just a mere smidgen of it, right? The salvation that we receive through Jesus Christ is the an is amazing thing. But Jesus doesn't want you to sit there. He wants to move you to a place to where you are being led by the Holy Spirit to have conversations, to, to share the good news, to love your neighbor, things like that. Acts 1-8 challenges us to live a life empowered by the Holy Spirit, and to be witnesses for Christ everywhere we go. As we embrace the power of the Holy Spirit and step out in faith, we become a part of God's redemptive plan to reach the world with the good news. So I want to encourage you. I I hope that Acts 1-8 inspires you a little bit to take your faith beyond the church walls, and into your family, your neighborhood, your community, your workplace, the world. Be faithful witnesses to the ends of the earth. Now, I want to kind of transition here to concise theology. J.I. Packer has written a beautiful book on theology. We've been walking through this for several podcasts now. This is topic number 11, and it's called transcendence. Right? It's a big word, but let's kind of look at it. The idea is, that God's nature is spiritual, right? He uses Isaiah 66, verse 1. Thus says the Lord, Heaven is my throne, and the earth is my footstool. What is the house that you would build for me? And what is the place for my rest? God is spirit. And so he kind of uses this word transcendence, talk about God and, and some of his nature, He says this, Jesus said to the Samaritan woman at the well, God is spirit and faithful believers, followers of Christ, right? Those who worship God will worship in spirit and in truth. Though God is fully personal, God does not live in and through a body as we do. And so he's not anchored in a spatio-temporal frame, right? He's not confined by anything he goes on from this fact plus the further fact that he is self-existence and not marked as we are by the personal disintegration or lack of concentration lack of control that sin has produced in us several things follow about God number one God is uh, limited neither by time or space so God is not limited by time he's not limited by space as we are Theologians refer to God's freedom from limits and bounds as his infinity, his immensity, his transcendence. Number two, God is immutable, meaning he is totally consistent. He cannot change either for better or for worse. And because he is not in time, he is not subject to change as creatures are. He's immutable. Number three, God's feelings are not beyond his control as ours often are. These theologians express this by saying that God is impassible. They mean not that he is impassive and unfeeling, but what he feels like what he does is a matter of his own deliberate voluntary choice and is included in the unity of his infinite being. The fourth thing, that all of God's thoughts and actions involve the whole of him. His thoughts, his actions involve his whole his whole being. The fifth, God who is spirit must be worshiped in spirit and in truth. In spirit means from a heart renewed by the Holy Spirit. No rituals, body movements, or even devotion, uh, devotional formalities constitute worship without involvement of the heart. It's often said in scripture that God doesn't worry about the outside of the person. He doesn't look at like how you dress to go to worship he doesn't look at like if you raise your hands if you don't raise your hands he doesn't look at that stuff he looks at your heart and so as we worship god in spirit and in truth that comes from the heart you know when you go to worship i know when i go to worship if my heart's in it or if my heart isn't in it today it's it's really popular to be you know noticed to be like oh man that person is so spiritually so in tune with god but What God looks at is the heart. So I want to encourage you today, as you try to live the life that God has called you to live, live in spirit, live by the spirit, live empowered by the Holy Spirit, trusting, leaning on God to guide you uh, through this life, to give you the strength that you need to get through this life. But also to understand that God is not bound by time and space as we are. He's not changeable. He doesn't change as the wind changes like sometimes our feelings do. Some days we're in good mood. Some days we're in in bad mood. Uh, uh, (laughs) Uh, We just have a bad attitude, right? But God doesn't do that. God is consistent. He is faithful to himself. He is faithful to his word. And so as you go through the ups and downs of life, I want to encourage you, lean on God, our refuge, our strong tower, our our ever-present help in times of trouble. Hey, I hope you get through this next week. Uh, leaning and trusting on God. I want to encourage you to come back and listen uh, next Sunday as we'll have another podcast. But as always, love God, love people, make disciples.